0: Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Giving Credit. I'm your host, Annika Jackson, and I'm so excited to be here with Rebecca Baker of Captivative Coaching. And Rebecca, you and I met um, to actually talk on another podcast, and the conversation was so fantastic, and you're such an amazing person. I was like, okay, you have to come on and talk on Giving Credit, because I think that what you have to offer and share is is really important for our audience. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much. It was such a joy talking to you, Ben, and I'm excited to talk to you today.
0: So just to give the Giving Credit audience a little information on you, please tell us about yourself and your journey.
1: Sure. So I'm a life coach. I've been coaching since 2017, and actually up until the beginning of March of this year, 2021, I was a financial coach at a nonprofit helping returning citizens. So people coming out of prison, coming out of homelessness, coming out of drug recovery, I was helping them kind of gain the financial intelligence to get back to, to life into society. And so that's, why I'm really excited to be here and talk about credit and what I learned and what I would teach them um, based on my discoveries. But I'm a life coach. I it, born in Texas, lived in Maryland for most of my life, but I'm
0: currently based in Costa Rica. Which is amazing. You're gonna have to talk about yes. that in a little bit. So first, yeah, talk about your own finance and credit journey.
1: Sure. So growing up, I, all I remembered about credit was that it would really upset my mom. Mm. She would talk about the school loans and how they owe her. And she would talk about, you know, how this bill's about to be laid. It's going to affect her credit. She would talk about just like always mention credit, but in such like a negative and draining way. So I grew up like resisting and hating credit altogether. Like if, even now when I talk about it, like the time kind of <laughs> pulses me. <laughs> So then I, But then I get to college and well, there was this one class in high school that brought in a banker to talk to us about credit. So that was probably the most education I got all the way up to the 12th grade mm-hmm. on finance and adult, adulting and that type of thing. So I get into college and, you know, there we're like the prime age to get our first credit card. So there's all these, te- you know, desks, um, tables, kiosks, vendors wanting to like get us to sign up for credit cards. And for me. It was like, I've always resisted credit and I probably have no business getting into this without any knowledge of it. But I'm also a broke college student. And yeah. you're telling me <laughs> that I have access to seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. right now just by signing on this dotted line. Bump reading all of it. I signed and i maxed that card out out of survival yeah. and it ruined my credit. And so getting out of college. My first kind of experiences with needing good credit and having a low score because I just like didn't even really bother paying that back. I just wasn't making money yet. Yeah, Um, it was really disappointing. It was just like, wow, like I have these degrees, I'm brilliant. How can I not be able to buy this car without paying 16% interest and different things like that? So that was when I started to um, work toward you know understanding credit better and paying my um, things off so I went ahead and paid off the the credit card and I started paying on my school loans and I just was like let me just forget about it for now it was when I went to go buy a house mm. and they told me that I didn't qualify for a loan that's when I was just like Okay, this is nuts. Like I'm making good money right now. I have money saved up. I can put a down payment right now. I have these grants like I'm 30 years old. Like I should be able to buy a house. But that was, you know, another instance of how like it really does create a barrier. And it's understandable why the system exists. And. But uh, that was when I got really aggressive and I, I went from probably like a 540 something to like a 650 in about three months just working on like the different tips that they gave. So then I was like, oh my gosh, what? This is like not (laughs) as tormenting as I thought it would be. They were just like, open these three accounts, you know, stay on time with this and, you know, et cetera. And it's, it's intuitive, but again, like we have so many other things that, you know, kind of, um, bombard our minds and it's when you have such a negative connotation around it, it can be intimidating. Like even as a wise adult, you can still fear things based on how you're, you're programmed to because of what you saw. So I don't fault anyone for feeling the way they do, the heaviness that we feel around credit. But once I got over that hurdle and just really like tackled it, I was able to see growth. And then at the top of this year, I broke 700, which I was so excited about. <laughs> and that I'm at a point in my life now where I don't necessarily need it for anything. I'm not trying to buy a car. I'm not trying to buy a house. So it's kind of just like a number that exists but I'm not necessarily working to working aggressively toward it. One day I would like to be at an 850, but I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. They're talking about they are about to be um, reinstated <laughs> and all those things. So I'm just like, okay, well, let me try to keep my anxiety under control and let that number do whatever
0: it does, knowing that I can still get it back to what I want it to be. Yeah, exactly. And, and so how did your personal journey, learning about credit from watching your mom not like credit and be, you know, talking about it in a negative connotation, then Mm -hmm. learning a little tiny bit in high school, getting your credit card, going on that journey. How did that translate then into you becoming a financial coach for people who are getting back on their feet?
1: Yeah. So the story about how I became a financial coach was very interesting. I went to a home buying workshop and we played a bean game on budgeting that i thought was super cool and so here i was thinking to myself i had to go through these hurdles to get a home i can only imagine what people who aren't as fortunate have to go through in order to you know own a home mm-hmm. so i really want to like help people get over that because it's so super simple. And I was already doing a lot of volunteering at after school programs. So I actually just took the bean game, turned it into a workshop for kids to teach credit. I was like, I'm so upset that we don't mm-hmm. learn this in school and yeah. it's not in the curriculum. So After school program, they can't block that. So I brought it into these after school programs and the kids would have so much fun, kind of deciding on priorities and then they would debate because I made them roommates. And it's like, you know, just that early conversation that really gives them a fun and positive perspective Mm -hmm. of this thing that can be very daunting and scary for others. Um, so that way they have a different history. They don't have a history of it being around tears and sadness, but it being around, oh, I could totally handle that. I did that when I was six. I did that when I was 12, you know, and I actually became the financial coach mentor for a small young, um, a small boys group. And so it it went from just being that one workshop to mm-hmm. a curriculum. So I started to teach about the seven streams of income. I started to teach about investing and credit and all of those things to young boys that were ranging from eight to 12 years old. And it was just really powerful witnessing what they already were able to grasp. Um, so I really am a major advocate of it being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Like we should not be trying to We should not spend as much time as we do trying to read what's on the coin, because when you go online and look for lessons on money, all it is is like identify the quarter, identify the penny. There still isn't a wealth of information Mm -hmm. for kids on how to, you know, be good with money. So I had a blast giving workshops to kids. And then I found a position that um, I stepped full time into coaching and I wanted some, some stability. So I left the job that was really demanding as a director. So I could really focus on building the business. And there was this opportunity as a financial coach, which would offer some stability, but not as much demanding. And I was still being able to coach in the atmosphere. So I was like, I don't have a financial background, but I do have this experience with this workshop that I've been cultivating and the research I've been doing. So let's see. And I got the job. So I got to do that. And I took the same concepts, the same workshops, just as imaginative, just as playful, because I think as adults, we need to be able to um, oh, tap yeah. into that. And as a coach, that's really important to me. So I would create the same workshops with adults and they would have so much fun, you know, learning new things about entrepreneurship, creating mm-hmm. their own ideas, sharing it with their peers. Each class was about um, 20 in size and the ages range from 18 to 60 so they have all these different experiences themselves with money some of them positive some of them had you know made millions before and then ran into some trouble and you know but they had that experience and so I allowed them to all share with each other like what's your experience and so that wealth also brings into perspective that makes it so that you're not as down if you do have a negative history around credit you've seen someone who has a different story we don't talk about money and yeah. so you don't know that exactly. you don't know what's possible and you don't you don't have those conversations but having a room full of, you know, men, and there were some women that would come to the program, just a small fraction, but having them talk out loud about this time that happened and here's how I got through it. And, you know, like, it's just a powerful
0: experience. And so I loved it. Well, I think that is exactly what we need, right? Because just like what you said, we didn't grow up hearing about money and credit and finance in positive ways, learning about it in school um, yeah. you know, I personally, I've been on both sides. I've had hundreds of thousands of dollars that I could give away to charities and I've also been on food yeah. stamps. And so yeah. like, just looking at people, you never know what their story is. And so it's yeah. so powerful
1: to be yeah. able to
0: share these stories with each other and talk about how we get out of this and kind of piggybacking also in what you just said. So money, right? People get scared about money, but I think more than money, we really have to think about credit. Because you can have not very much money, but if you have great credit, you can do a lot more (laughs) with it than if you have, you know, a little more money and horrible credit.
1: Yeah, no, it's so true. I had classrooms full of men who felt like they could never own a home again. And some of them Mm -hmm. actually went on to own homes. Some of them actually went on to own cars with much lower Payments than they ever would have. I mean, like the stories that I would hear of like $600 car notes and six, 24% interest rates. And I'm just like, no, never signed yeah. up for that. <laughs> but they were able to understand and be less challenged by the concept and then went on to like own these things that we're talking about that credit makes possible. Yeah. Um, I'm an advocate for, you know, working toward a life where we can pay for everything in cash, but it's so true that we can still have a very comfortable and, you know, even luxurious life with. Credit as a tool.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. So if you could go back and give your past self some advice on credit, what would you say? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) It's
1: exactly what I would tell the the clients at the program. It's just a number. Mm. It's a man-made number. It's a man-determined number. And so I watched my mom place her identity on it and feel like she was smaller and lesser in society, because of that number, and I would hear even like other family members, and the way that they would like talk down on people with the, like, and so I'm just like. We cannot make this number identity. You can be an incredibly brilliant, powerful, wonderful, wealthy person. Mm -hmm. And just because your credit score right now is 560 doesn't mean that that's not possible. And I feel like that's how we associate it. It feels Mm -hmm. impossible to deal with. So I'm just going to stay right here and live in this class and live like this because that's what I can afford. And I just feel like it's very limiting. And so I would tell my younger self that your credit score does not make you. It is a tool that you use. It is not you.
0: I love that. That's such great advice. Now, on the other side, if you had $100,000 and let's say $100,000 and good credit, excellent credit Ooh. right now, what Ooh. would you do with it? I would get into crypto. Oh, okay. I would put a good amount into, into crypto. <laughs> you know, have, yeah, it's that? That, that has to be part of uh, any strategy nowadays, right? It used to be like, yeah. save, spend, invest. Donate. And but now part of that investment strategy has to be new technologies, new financial. Yes, the future.
1: Exactly. I've I'm very new into it, but already I've seen, you know, great benefits. Hmm. Um, so I'm an advocate and I would put a good amount towards that, probably 50 percent towards that. And then I would probably put 50 percent toward um, business and service. Mm mm-hmm. Always got to give back to the church. I'm a believer. I'm a lover of that community and uh, in my business, just because I really want to reach more women. So I would definitely invest in my business, but I would invest in crypto as well.
0: Yeah. So talk about that now, because you were coaching, you're a financial coach to all of these Mm -hmm. people ranging from kids to 60 year olds. And then Mm -hmm. now you are a full time life coach for Mm -hmm. women specifically.
1: Yeah, I do coach some men, but they say you have to have a target audience. So, (laughs) women, the men still climb through and find their way on my calendar as well. Um, But really, it's all about just helping people live freer and healthier lives and lifestyles. I mentioned, you know, growing up in a household where we did not have a lot, and my mom Mm -hmm. raised six kids by herself. And so, I spent two decades just trying to make sure that that was not my narrative. And in that growth process and the freedom that I've been able to experience, the joy, the lightness, the possibility, the hope, I just really want to share that with everyone. So, so much of my career has been me just looking back and saying, how can I share this and make it possible for others to break through and to have hope and to get to that freedom. And so now I do that with the women that I'm coaching and Really, it's all about breaking away from the noise and the, the hustle and bustle and understanding what has that noise and hustle and bustle done to you? Who do you actually want to be? And then how do you actually move forward into that woman? And so we really look at the future, um, the future self, and really bring her into the present. What are the things that that woman who you see and like, imagine and want to be, um, who's successful and has the freedom and has the the life, what would she want you to do right now? And so that usually is how our conversations are going and also do a retreat where it's like all sessions are designed toward you getting to see her. And then also healing from the younger self, healing the younger self and just, you know, showing up more whole so that we're able to experience life in just a
0: freer and lighter and joyful way. I love that. And I, I imagine that finance is part of that too, um, because yeah. you're your future self um, picturing like emotional, you know, being a really emotionally whole, physically whole, mentally whole and financially whole.
1: and spiritual,
0: like all of those Mm -hmm. things together. Exactly.
1: All of the things. Yeah. And I feel so strongly that when you align within yourself, that all of those other things align. Mm -hmm. And so we might come with a financial topic, but I'll dig, 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 dig. And then we'll realize that it's this mindset Mm -hmm. from this, you know, former self that is kind of not allowing you to thrive in that area. So let's create a new narrative. And then next thing you know, they're not as intimidated by these things and they're able to, you know, navigate and they're just finding freedom and they're just laughing and they're joyous and they're telling people how (laughs) great I am. I'm just like, what did I do? It was all right there.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Well, how do people find you if they want to learn more about your workshops and your coaching and uh, everything else that you're doing? Keep up with you.
1: Sure. So I go by Your Fave Life Coach on Instagram and I have a new website, yourfavelifecoach.com. So that's your F-A-V-E, Fave with an E, lifecoach.com. And I can also be reached by email at hello at coachingwithbex.com.
0: Thank you. I'm so happy that we got to talk again. Um, Thank you. You know, this is the first podcast of 2022, so really excited to have you on and share a wealth of information and knowledge and your personal story with our audience. Is there anything Thank else you that you so like? Much. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we um, sign off?
1: It's an incredible platform. I'm wishing you all the best in 2022 Mm -hmm. and to all of our listeners, all the best in 2022. Just remember that you are capable of all the things that you dream. Um, I'm super grateful and
0: take care. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca, and so much to our audience for coming back for another episode in 2022. We're going to be switching it up. We won't be every week. We will be once a month, possibly more with the podcast. And so really excited to have had our first guest of the new year, Rebecca Baker, your fave life coach. And audience, I will be back again soon. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit, a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com, K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T.com.